Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the, of the podcast of ever. Hey! hey! We're, we're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Chains do not hold a marriage together. It is thread. Hundreds of tiny threads which sew people together through the years. Welcome to Weddings and Handfastings, the 111th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century actress Simone Signore. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And it's the 111st episode! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we'll move on to... Housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> hey, I thought that was a great Tolkien uh, reference there. Okay, yep. great. So we have one new kitten. Welcome to our newest kitten. The hey, Dryad is a new cat. Welcome to our cat. And we have two new leopards, Squeaky and Dakota Wilcat. Welcome, Welcome to, to our, Squeaky and Dakota Wilcat to we, the Leopard Tier. We love our leopards. And of course, as you guys know, we love all of our patrons and our listeners and everyone who supports us here at Three Pagans and a Cat. Because you guys are the reasons we keep doing this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Although now if they all quit listening, we probably still do it because it's ingrained in us permanently. Probably. That's kind of true, yeah. Yeah. Every week we gather to <laughs> discuss a random topic I've selected for us. Dearly beloved, we are gathered, <laughs> gathered here, here this today. Week. Hey, appropriately. Mowage. Mowage is what brings us together today. Mowage. <laughs> arrangement. <laughs> oh All right, let's gosh. continue the housekeeping. Oh, okay. oh uh, let's see. On Sundays, normally, mm-hmm. yep. I do a 2 o'clock Zoom call that is open to everybody and about nothing. And But this week I wasn't there because I was at the Kalamazoo Whiskers crew. crew. He was meeting the with K-Zoo his brethren. Crew. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> meeting with people with beards. So Having a hangout. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was a blast. It was you a know, lot of fun. And stroking their beards, comparing their products. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we <laughs> assume. Some, somebody asked, so last night was the, you know, early open of mm-hmm. Valhalla. The soft, uh-huh. the soft launch of Valhalla. And somebody asked, well, what's this beard thing you're going tomorrow? And I'm like, eh, we just sit around and measure the length. <laughs> and, and everybody at the table died laughing. <laughs> Bunch of dudes seeing how long things are. Yep. It's normal. Classic. <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> Gwen, talk about stuff you do. On Mondays is an 8 a.m. Eastern meditation. Mm-hmm. Not Eastern meditation, but <laughs> sort of. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> meditation. <laughs> but anyway, so there's a meditation at 8 a.m. on Mondays. It lasts about 20 minutes. And then on Wednesdays, I am leading a book club. We are still reading uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. We're on Chapter 13, and it meets at 7, 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Yes. And this upcoming Tuesday will be the third episode of Three Pagans on Tap. Yes. That's right. And they're going to talk about rum. We are indeed talking Quinn's about rum. Quinn's very excited because that's her favorite alcohol. My best favorite. And we have a special guest who will remain unnamed mm. until they show. 
Secret. Yep. Very interesting. Oh, it's good to have secrets. Yeah. Secrets. Yep. So if you want to find out, watch Three Pagans on Tap. Right. This Tuesday. That's right. On the other hand, when I introduced Three Pagans on Tap on episode two, yes, I said you called Three Pagans, Three Pagans on, on Tap. Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. It was actually really fun to listen, and I learned a lot, and... It's it's a good it's a good show. They were very amusing. They were, <laughs> well, and, and they amusing. were very amusing early on, like before they started drinking, and then it yes. just improved from there. It improved from there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Once they're all a little drunk, uh huh. Yeah. Very all the, all the rants come out. It's great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens on, on Tuesday on night. With the run. Yeah. That's right. Remember that the Euling is happening. So if you want to sign up for the Euling, you can go to tinyurl.com/slash-three-pack-yule. The rules are there. Remember that if you don't follow the rules this year, you will be banned from the Euling going forward. Is it Leopards and Above who get to watch us be yep. ridiculous yep. now? Leopards and Above can uh, go to getvocal, V-O-K-L, yeah. dot com, and watch us live. We currently have, I think, two people in there. Three people. Three people watching us. Three. Three people three. watching us. <laughs> so it's like the count. Uh-huh. Three. Three. Three people. watching <laughs> <laughs> Black Hat said Yuling question mark? Yeah, so the Yuling every year is our um, pseudo-secret Santa where you send in some mailing stuff and we send you the information on another person of the pride and then you send each other gifts. Yep. That's right, unless you're being a Krampus and then you need to contact Ode <laughs> and let them know that you cannot participate. Yes. <laughs> By- unless you're being a Krampus, <laughs> yeah. that was fucking great. <laughs> If by December 15th, so by December 2nd, you'll get your Yuling partner. If by December 15th, your gift is not in the mail, you need to contact me at Odette Three Pagans and a Cat to let me know. Um, if you contact me by that time to let me know that you're not going to be able to cover your partner, you will not be banned. If you contact me later than the 15th, you will be banned from future participation. And the reason is because people who participate and then they send out a gift and don't receive anything, mm-hmm. that's, that's very, very disappointing. Very disappointing for <laughs> yeah. them. In fact, on the Facebook group, somebody, you know, we mentioned, I mm-hmm. think, I think Carr yep. shared the Yuling link and someone said, well, I, I did sign up last year and I did send my gift and I hope they enjoyed it, but I never got one in return. Yeah. And, yep. But they're still trying it again this year. So I think that's great that, that they want to mm-hmm. go ahead and take part in the Yuling. So please, be a Santa, not a Krampus. Yes. The tiny yep. URL is tinyurl.com slash three-pack Yule. Yule. Yep. Okay. We're going to be putting the link in all of the episodes. Yeah, it's up linked in all the time. episodes and everything. Yep. So. yep. Perfect. You should be able to find it. All right. I think that's all our housekeeping. All right, so now we're finally housekept. Finally housekept. And? And house swept. All right. We may now proceed to discussing weddings. The hobbit hole is clean, <laughs> too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking weddings, and we are talking hand fastings. Yes. Something Carr and I have experienced both of. Yes. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) And I've experienced zero. I mean, I've observed a couple. That's right. Not very closely, because they tend to go a little long, and I get bored and zone out. Well, you were a part of our hand fasting. I was a part of your hand fasting, and that was much more fun for me than any wedding I've ever been to. (laughs) (laughs) I got a actually a recommendation from one of the Pride members just Kind of accidentally, conveniently, conveniently, that resource is Inviting Hera's Blessing, Hand Fasting and Wedding Rituals by Raven Caldera and Tannen Schwartzstein. And then I also went Offbeat Bride's Guide to Pagan Weddings. I see a Raven Caldera issue coming. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> okay. Just read 
consciously. Rana says, I actually interrupted the officiator at my own wedding and told them to get on with it, which is primo. <laughs> yes. Primo. Yep. Primo. So the first thing I guess I want to start with personally with hand fastings is that there's a lot of misinformation about the history of hand fasting. There really yep. is. There absolutely is. There's a lot. Uh, most of the like bridal places that you'll see talking about it will tell you that um, hand fastings are an ancient Irish tradition, specifically going back to like the year 7000 BC. Nope. Which there's no evidence for. No, not really. There's no evidence against it, but there's no evidence for it, and I don't know where that claim comes from. <laughs> no evidence that I've been able to find. I have been able to find that... Hand fastings in at least the 17th century mm-hmm. were known to have been taking place for several centuries in Scotland. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were actually a form of, like, temporary marriage. And it was, uh, a lot of times they used it as, like, a betrothal. Mm-hmm. And what I found in, in the research that I was doing is that it was often, it was used mostly among the common people, the peasants. Yeah. Either they didn't have a in, parish priest, a parish priest yeah. in the area or they just didn't have the money to pay for one. Yeah. Because that at, eventually, at, at some point, uh, hand fastings became illegal. And yeah, in Scotland, it was in 1939 mm-hmm. that hand fastings were officially uh, made illegal with the Scotland Marriage Act of 1939. In England, hand fastings, yeah, it was the 1753 Marriage Act mm-hmm. that made them illegal. Yeah. Yep. So in my research, because, you know, I, do, I mm-hmm. actually do a little bit every yep. once in a blue moon. <laughs> And I found that for the peasants, hand fastings were truly like marriage. Mm-hmm. But for the gentry, yeah. hand fastings were like a betrothal. Yeah, they were more yeah. like an engagement. And you were expected to... It was sort of like the difference between a common law marriage mm-hmm. and, a, and a church wedding. Right. Yeah. So, like, a hand fasting was considered legal if you didn't have, like, a whole lot of inheritance to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But as soon as you got into, like... An know, actual dowry. A dowry, any kind of land grants, anything like that, the nobility... It, it was okay to get a hand fasting... And consider yourselves married, but you had to go get a church wedding afterwards, hypothetically, before you consummated the marriage. That's right. right. Although preachers in the, in the 17th century complained constantly that no one was following that rule. Right. <laughs> and it was because the, the landed gentry, as it were, they were not just swapping property and, and mm-hmm. money and stuff. They were joining families. And so yeah. a lot of politics went into that. It was actually a long process, the sort of gradual dissolution of hand fastings and the movement of marriage to exclusively a church mm-hmm. affair. Mm-hmm. It started in like the 12th century and like little pieces of legislation here and there started like making it more and more difficult to have hand fastings or to elope, to have any kind of clandestine marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. They still happened, and they happened as late as the 1600s. Shakespeare actually wrote uh, one of his lesser-known comedies. I think it's called Measure by Measure, and it's about a hand-fasted couple who have sex. They consummate their marriage before going to the church wedding, and the groom is sentenced to death for this, And the whole play is about the need to rescue him and the expectation for the audience is that they'll sympathize with the groom because he got married already. He should be allowed to have sex with his wife. Mm -hmm. So we know at least as of the 1600s, this was still happening, but like the pendulum was swinging towards the church, legally Mm -hmm. speaking, even if the people didn't conform to that Mm -hmm. um, expectation. 
Exactly. And also, hand fastings were a way to betroth children to join yes. families, but then they could be dissolved if a better prospect came along by the time they became adults. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So that's how arranged marriages could happen within the richer families. Right, because you'd be considered married as of yep. hand fasting, but because there was supposed to be no consummation, it mm-hmm. was easier to dissolve than a church wedding would be. Exactly. Wow. And really, when you realize that, you know, it was the peasants, really, and the the people who didn't have a lot of money to pay a parish priest, mm-hmm. or they didn't have access to parish priests, but maybe once a year, yeah. they were the ones who were really, really doing these hand fastings. This was a very important ritual, you know, within the the common people. Yeah, it was a peasant ritual. It was a peasant ritual. But then, as happens, you know, it became a monetized thing. And because the church was part of the government at the time yeah. in many countries, a it was powerful the, part of the government. Big powerful. They were the government in many places uh, throughout Europe for a very long time. Well, and and they were responsible for coronations. So yep. like you couldn't you couldn't become a king without getting the church's approval. Exactly. So they had an enormous power. So that's why eventually it became no marriage would be recognized mm-hmm. as legal Legally. unless the couple paid a priest or uh you know someone in you know uh, it had to be a in the church for a long time yeah yeah someone in the church had to bless and sanctify their marriage the union, but yeah. the union but it, they had to pay for it and of course that comes down to money you know the, it was a way to bring in money to the church right. older hand fastings were really really simple they often took place in the bride's home mm-hmm. there would be like family witnesses, but not necessarily like the whole community. Mm-hmm. There might even only be one or two witnesses or no witnesses at all. Right. The common pledge was just, I name, I me, take you, you. to be, take, take thee you to be my wedded husband or wife till death us depart. And thereto I plight thee my troth, mm-hmm. which was essentially being I pledge you my trust or my troth. Gotcha. And, um, and so it was sometimes also known as troth plighting. And it was called a hand fasting because they would join hands right. to right. make this pledge. And that that etymology for hand fasting is disputed. We <clears throat> see the this ter- form of hand fasting in Old English, in late Old English. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thought it maybe came down from Old Norse from Handfesta, which was just joining hands to make an agreement, mm-hmm. not necessarily matrimonial in, in nature. And you can actually see that reflected in the Handfastening, which is a Danish Magna Carta, essentially, mm-hmm. the, an agreement between the king and the nobles. But so at some point, it's thought that that word came down into Old English, like many words came from Old Norse mm-hmm. into Old English, and it gained this specific marriage connotation sometime mm-hmm probably a little prior to the 12th century, so probably sometime in the 11th century. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure when it became part of the ritual to, you know, left hand joins left, you know, That's the crossing new. of the hands. The, 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 crossing of the, hands the crossing of the hands, as far as I've been able to determine, is a is a neo-pagan thing. Okay. Um, it, it does mean to join hands, and it's thought that the bride and the groom probably did clasp hands. Right. Maybe not cross hands, but clasped hands. Because it symbolizes the joining. The joining. And then they would give each other tokens, which were not necessarily rings. They could be rings. 
They could also be, uh, another common one was to split a coin in half, and each one took one half the coin, which I guess symbolized sort of their shared Which is illegal household. in the United States. It is, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but remember that this was when cl- coin clipping and stuff right, happened. Right, exactly, so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, they just split a coin in half, and, and uh, the bride and the groom would each take one half. They did sometimes exchange knotted ribbons. Mm-hmm. We don't know that they tied their hands with them or anything, which is how most people do hand fastings now. But the ribbon thing probably does come from that particular kind of token exchange. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really widely varied because it was a peasant thing. Right. So, and they so people would just use whatever they had. Yeah, right. and they wouldn't like, you know, like the, the people with money, the, mm-hmm. the gentry and the and the, the lords and ladies and whatnot, they might have fancy Who, who were doing engagement hand fasting. Right. Yeah. They might have the, you know, the beautiful gowns and the dressing mm-hmm. dressing up in suits and pageantry yeah. was part of what they did, but everyday folk yeah, it's, it's just, just how you affirmed your your union. Uh, yeah, your intention to be married. Yep. And then when the parish priest came through, right, you'd say we were hand fasted last year. Yep. And, and he'd affirm it for you. Yep. And very rarely were those unions not held up as legal. They yep. were usually accepted for a long, long time till the church started making laws that made them not legally recognizable anymore. Right. Exactly. Scuba is saying, I'm getting the entertaining mental image of ending the ceremony with a firm handshake instead of a kiss. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it, really, it really was. A lot of our, our traditions that we have in, in marriage today, in weddings. Are really, really new. They're, yeah, they're relatively new. Like the color of the dress that a, a bride wears, you know, in Christian ceremonies is white because it's supposed Christian to. Christian ceremonies in the in States. In the West. In the yeah. States, in the West. In the yeah. West. White to, for purity or virginity mm-hmm. of the bride, you know, that kind of thing. But in China, they wear red. In mm-hmm. India, they wear red. Different cultures have different... Different color associations. Color yep. associations, different flowers, rituals mm-hmm. all together. Yep. Yeah. Just all kinds of different all marriage kinds. traditions. Exactly. But hand fasting was uniquely, really, a, a European... It was an English thing. An English yeah. thing. Or at least the British Isles. The British, yeah, the British yeah, Isles. Yeah. Was, we know it was happening in England and Scotland <clears throat> and yep. maybe Wales. Yeah. Yep. Gemma is uh, reminding us the first bride to wear white was Queen Victoria. Yes. Yep. And it started a trend. But before that, like, um, who's that, that woman you're really into who wrote books about living in the Wild West? Oh, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yes. She like made her own dress and it was like it was fancy it was just a fancy dress it, it was, was just, it was patterned i think it was calico it was just, it was actually one of her sunday best dresses i think yeah. it was just a nice like a gray or something mm-hmm. just a really nice dress that she had that she would wear to church on sundays and so her mother helped and her sisters helped Spruce her fix it up, it up. She had a little extra lace on it and, and that's honestly how most people got their wedding dresses back in the day yeah. so like, that means you could have worn the dress that Brian and i made for you you for Mr. Christopher I could have to our I, wedding. I, I could have, yes, if I had wanted to wear that monstrosity. I probably <laughs> I probably would have removed all the laces and, and uh, flowers that you put all over it. Justin says, we are planning to get married slash fasted in Civil War garb. We will both have blue. And in that period, often dresses would be re-dyed after if white, so it could be reused mm-hmm. unless super wealthy. Yeah, exactly. Because having a white dress isn't that practical in most right. circumstances, yeah. even if you wear a dress on a regular basis. Like in, you know, in the 1800s and 1840s mm-hmm. when Victoria got married and she wore white, you know, it was the it was the people who had money who, who really, because the Victorian era is all about Victoria Excess. really. Excess. Uh, well, and she really influenced a lot of the style. Mm-hmm. of what people wore, what people, how they yes. presented themselves. Well, 
And the Victorian era was when corsets came into fashion. Before yes. that, in the Regency era, there were, like, high empire waists and really loose skirts, and no yes. one wore a corset. Yeah, this, they were much wiser. <laughs> more The more common folk, like mm-hmm. Laura Ingalls Wilder or, you know... Just wear a fancy dress. They just wore whatever was their best outfit. Yep. Something nice. Yeah. And I think she spent more time on her bonnet than she did on her dress, you know. The dress was already nice. The it was already nice. Fixing up. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Just that yeah, having I, a I, wedding dress isn't practical. They're not generally made to be reusable these days. Yeah, that's, that's very they're true. They're a single purpose clothing item. That's yeah. right. Or you just, you can't wear the... They're just very impractical, the the design of them. Yeah, yeah, but also sometimes you just are not the same body shape as the person who wore it before you. Like if you wanted to wear your mother's or your, your great-grandmother's dress, if you don't have the same body shape, it, that can be tough. Right. You can get them... Mm-hmm. Altered. Altered. Yeah. To some extent. Depends on, it depends on the dress, on the dress yeah. and the material. But what I, I know a lot of brides are doing right now is they've been taking these dresses to to someone who repurposes them and uses the fabric to create something new. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, a good way to repurpose these dresses. So yeah, so hand fastings were were really were a way for people to get married without having to wait yeah. for an extended period of time until for a preacher to come for around. For a preacher to come around for the or for the government mm-hmm. essentially to officially recognize their their union. Yeah. And so they and could get married, they could have their kids, they could live their lives. Even without hand fastings, there were also common law marriages which were just where like you didn't even bother to do a hand fasting, you just decided to move in together and everyone right. just treated you like you were married because you decided you were. Exactly. And it said um, church weddings became the normal route of marriage over civil weddings and hand fastings fell out of usage until the 1950s with the repeal of the witchcraft laws in England yes. and Gerald Gardner and Doreen <laughs> Valiente went looking for a wedding alternative. Went, went looking for something that was that felt witchy to them mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so before we dive into that, our tiger, our Darren, is offering intuitive readings and divination. With over a decade of experience working with spirit, tarot, runes, and tea leaves, make an appointment for a reading with our Darren on Facebook at our Darren Arteries, or find them online at Instagram.com forward slash our Darren Arteries. That is A-R-D-E-R-I-N-A-U-G-U-R-I-E-S. So, yes, um, Gerald Gardner and Doreen Valiente went looking for an alternative to Christian weddings. Mm-hmm. And it's really not surprising that they came on hand fasting because it was the British Isles tradition. Exactly. And it was, you know, even though it had gone out of fashion, it was probably still in the, the cultural, the cultural consciousness. consciousness. Yeah. But originally, Gardner meant hand fastings to be between magical partners of the opposite sex mm-hmm. to create the god-goddess polarity. It was meant to unite them throughout their their lives. Right. It was uh, like a spiritual marriage. It was like a spiritual marriage. Z Budapest in the 60s, she created Dianic goddess-only mm-hmm. tradition, so they called it a tryst. And it was primarily for same-sex actual weddings between lesbians. Hmm. Which were not legally recognized. At no, the no. Yeah, and, neither, and they, neither the hand fastings nor the tryst yeah, were, were, were legally, legally recognized. recognized. They would have to go if to a judge, a judge or something. Get or get civilly married. Get civilly and, yeah. married. Although those people who were still in the closet, they apparently they would have their... They're hand fasting, like many people do today, and then go have a traditional wedding in a church for their family yeah, for and friends. Right, yeah. Yep. Type of thing. God, one wedding is a lot. I yeah. wouldn't want to do two. But originally, right? <laughs> uh, but pagan hand fastings originally, when Gardner and uh, Valiente conceived of them, they were meant to be just between the, the pair 
and their coven. They were a completely private affair right. because it was a spiritual right. wedding yeah. between these two magical practitioners. Who were intended to represent the god and the goddess in this context. Exactly. But as time went by, you know, modern pagans have made it about marriage. Right. Do we want to discuss the shit that was our wedding? Which one? <laughs> no, the actual wedding. I don't... The, the original? I the thought original. our original wedding was beautiful. It was held in a church and it was the the wedding of my dreams for the mm-hmm. most part. Mostly, aside from the ice storm that prevented 90% of your guests from yeah. coming. Because it was Michigan in winter because I was a crazy person and, and wanted, wanted a Christmas a wedding. Christmas wedding, yep. Christmas trees and poinsettias. Mm-hmm. And, um, Which I think uh, part of the advantage of doing it was that the church was already decorated yes, for the Christmas. Church, yeah. the church was already decorated for actually, Christmas. Actually, they decorated it a week early oh, so that you for us. Gotcha. Yeah, so they actually came in and decorated it a week early for us. A, a, we were officially married before we ever walked out on oh, yeah. stage. We signed, we signed uh-huh. the paper, signed on the paper. Before. beforehand. It was, the ice storm didn't help. Um, <laughs> the reception was held in the quote-unquote fellowship hall. Which was a gym. Uh, That's the thing that really disappointed me. Because my sister, when she got married, because she's nine years older than me and my parents were still married at the time, (laughs) she got this really nice, they had her reception at a hall Mm -hmm. and they had a dinner and dancing and and, The uh, the whole nine yards, you know, with an open bar, the whole bit. I got cake and punch in the gym. And they cut the, right. they cut the cake too big. They cut the slices too big, so not everyone even got cake. Which is funny, because 90% of the people who were supposed to be there weren't. Yeah, right. And so. they still cut the cake too big for everybody <laughs> yeah. to get a piece. Part of that was, Tom was raised Southern Baptist, and there was no fucking way his mother would approve of dancing, drinking, and food at a at our reception. We probably could have gotten away with a hoedown. <laughs> Do Southern uh, Baptists not do a reception? Uh, they, do. they do receptions, but they're completely dry. There's uh, no dancing. There's no. It's just it's, everybody it's sitting like around a meal. eating. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty much yeah. a meal. That sounds dreadful. Yeah, but like the preacher in this case <laughs> did a semi come to Jesus part of the yep. ceremony in the too. middle of your wedding. Oh, in the middle of our wedding. Yep. I've also seen it at funerals. Rude. I have been at weddings a couple of catholic weddings mm-hmm. first of all they lasted oh like god they're so long two hours i had one friend who got married and the come to jesus message lasted over half an hour oh and i full-on i know one of those message. i was not there but i believe that it was one of the person's father yes who it did was. The, yeah. you know who i'm talking yeah, about yeah 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 wow yeah. way so, to co-opt the occasion yeah, yeah. the so, funny thing is that couple uh-huh. actually counseled your mom not to marry me. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like many people counseled Gwen not to marry Carl. In spite of the difficulties, whether Carr liked it or not, I got the wedding part that I want. I got the ceremony right. it was just the I reception wanted. that you didn't like. I got the, rece- I got the look. You guys did have good wedding photos. So I had a beautiful dress. You did, yeah. And flowers. Although the sleeves. The sleeves were eighties. Were very timely. It, it was the eighties, baby. I mean, it, you know, it could have been worse. Let's just put it that way. I've seen That's worse. True. That's I've true. seen that dress that I with bought more, with more with sleeves. more poop, yeah, with more sleeves. So you I got the slimmed down. Version. I got the slimmed down version. Absolutely. But no, I I was very pleased with with how that wedding looked. It is what it is. It was a nineteen eighty eight wedding. A nineteen eighty eight church wedding. A nineteen eighty eight church wedding. And at the time, I was very pleased and I got to marry the man that I wanted to marry and who I love very much and then you know now we're pagans right so they did a do-over so we did a do-over right on uh, what it was two years ago it was May 
of, uh, well, Beltane. Yep. 2018. Was it? Okay. Yep. yep. It was Beltane of 2018. And we asked our friends, Pat and Paul, from Arts and Crafts, mm-hmm. if they would officiate because they do officiate hand fastings because they are a priest and priestess of their own coven. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they very graciously uh, agreed to do that. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't have to do a thing except show up. Right. Yeah. They they um they decorated the the ritual room for Beltane and for our wedding. They brought yep. some special things in for our wedding. Yep. Some things that were were at Pat's wedding. She, she right, brought yeah. some yeah. special things from her own wedding to to have at the hand fasting, which was incredibly special. They ran the whole thing. They yeah. told us where was, to go, I mean, what to do. A, it was a Beltane ritual. It was a Beltane, but written like, by Jason Mankey. Yeah, and then and then right in the middle of it was a hand fasting. That's right. Yeah. And and Pat actually um had asked Jason for permission. Mm-hmm. To, use, to adapt it to yeah. adapt it for a hand fasting, right, yeah. and so they tailored that entire Beltane ritual to basically our fasting, be our yeah. hand fasting. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful ritual. Mm-hmm. People, customers came in. Yeah, so a couple of Pride members uh, yep. came attended to yep. attend. Uh, Ode was able to be there, and they one of the yeah uh, one of the attendants. attendants. Yep, and it was, it was beautiful. And, and in fact, I, I felt like it was more meaningful to me. Now, because this is where we are in our lives, we are pagans, right? And I, you know, it it, it was an incredibly moving. You both cried. We did. It was an incredibly moving ritual. It's because I wrote my own. Yeah, vows. you wrote your vows, and then like could barely get through them. <laughs> he used something from. Um, he did. He wrote part of it, and then part of it was a old Celtic, like a, right? An old, old Celtic, Celtic traditional vow. Yeah. 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 And then I read um, one of Shakespeare's sonnets. One mm-hmm. of my favorite sonnets. And it was it was incredibly beautiful and moving. And then um, we brought my broom, my besom from yes. home, yep. and laid it across the the front the threshold door, of the, the threshold of the store. Yeah. And we jumped the broom, which we can get into talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then we were covered in birdseed. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we had birdseed thrown, and and uh, then the kids who were in attendance, they had yeah, a, they did a little belting ma- um, maypole dance. Maypole, yep. and it was a fun, wonderful mm-hmm. time. We had a great time. Beautiful. We have some great pictures. Of mm-hmm. it, and yeah, it was a very fun, sort of joyful ceremony. It yep. was, it was an incredibly joyful ceremony, and it was our 30th. Yes, yeah, so and they, they did it on their anniversary, yeah, right? It, well, well of the, the six year month of, anniversary, yeah. Yeah. The six month uh, after our <laughs> yeah. traditional 30th anniversary. anniversary. And, and the yeah. good news is it moved our anniversary date right into the summer, into the summer rather than in the winter where we can't get anywhere. Yeah, because can't, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. Not that we actually did anything, obviously, COVID, but we did manage to, we do still like go out for dinner if we, mm-hmm. you know, for our right. traditional wedding anniversary. When anniversary, we can get yeah. somewhere. When we can get somewhere. Yeah. When the snow hasn't Yeah, when the snow hasn't trapped has us in the house. Yeah, there was a couple of years ago that we went out to uh, a fondue restaurant. Yes. It was a... Uh, like, it snowed the whole way there. It snowed the whole way home. But I did oh, have it terrible. set up really well. Like, oh, you know, gorgeous. There was a cake. There were flowers. There were, everything You're was there. You prepared. Yep, and that the was... There was, was just all the snow. That was our 20th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So that was 2008. Yeah. Which means that I really only have to do a big thing every ten years. That's yeah. what it's coming down to. So. And it really was a big special one. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one that was a very, very he, he had them set that up nice. It, we had to go through the driving snow to get there and back, but yeah. for me it was worth it because it was it was incredibly romantic. That's because you didn't have to drive in the snow. <laughs> I just got to enjoy the, the benefit of that. But Rad, no. uh Rad says I think vowel renewals are underrated and mm-hmm. um as someone who's not married, I agree. I think they're a very cool idea. Yeah. And that 
was we had been talking about doing a vow renewal mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. And uh, back when you were Christians, even. Yeah, so back when we were Christians it. and it just never felt right and just never came together. And then here we were. We had mm-hmm. friends who were a high priest and priestess who were willing to, to. It just all sort of fell together. It just fell together. Yeah, yeah. And they were willing to do this for us at their store. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they, they made the space beautiful. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Yep. And the whole. Well, and Pat and Paul wonderful. are very um, practiced ritual leaders. They so are. They really did a good job incorporating these two components together they into really one sort of did. seamless ritual. They really did. And yeah. I'm so glad we did it. Yep. It, it was it was beautiful. It actually led to us now, you know, offering that yeah. Yeah. potential for people is to do their hand fastings. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, at least in Michigan where we're actually yeah, we, we, where we're we're covered. Where we're covered yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to get <laughs> I don't even know that you have to get licensed you don't. to do a, to officiate just, a marriage in, in Yeah, yes, you Michigan. have to get licensed. Well, you don't have to be ordained. Yes, okay, that's there what we it go. is. Yeah. Um, so we're both licensed for just not ordained. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> the car is ordained <laughs> in multiple things. In a couple of things. Well, yeah. no, I'm ordained in like the life church. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We talked about the fact that historically this wasn't necessarily part of hand fasting, but right. you guys did have what's now considered sort of a traditional neo pagan hand fasting, which mm-hmm. was you crossed hands yes, yep. and had a cord yep. tied around That's your right. hands. Yep. Yes, we so, did. In fact, it was a six-foot cord yes. that was meant to be looped many times, but I think Pat was nervous about doing the knot. The so fancy it, knot, yeah. So she did a simpler knot. She did, she did something simpler. Like, you can make the, you know, just as with any wedding or mm-hmm. with the hand fasting, you can make, bring symbolism into your flowers, into mm-hmm. the colors that you use. But for pagans, you can actually bring in things like... Color correspondences. Color correspondences. Like, for instance... Like with your flowers, you can choose flowers that represent love or fertility if you want children, constancy and fidelity, mm-hmm. enduring difficulty because every marriage goes through times of trouble. Right. There, there are, are lots of options. Yeah. 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 options because you can choose your colors. Whatever so so most hand fasting cords now are made of multiple cords yep. that are yep. braided together. Yep. If One, you want. three, or six normally. Yeah, it's yeah. traditional. Yep. Exactly. Um, and they do actually have to be pretty long. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna wrap them around the one, joint. One hand. to two meters. Yeah. The so idea is yeah. that when the hands are joined, they look like an infinity symbol. They, at least that's what I was Hypoth- reading. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. When you look down it, it, on them, it really depends. It really depends on how you have your knot done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, or not done. Or not done. Or not yeah. done. Um, and then Scuba says the one hand fasting they've been to, they had every single guest tie a ribbon around their hands. It was a mass of fabric by the end. That's another way to oh, do it. Oh, that's yeah. another way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't want to untie the knot at the end right, of the hand. You just you flip just it off your, hand. your hands right. out of the, and then you store. The, you, you keep it as a keepsake, like keep a wedding it. dress. <laughs> exactly. And I'm, I had it written down what our colors meant for, oh, here it is. Our cords, because they were green, red, white, and black. Right. For green can be for growth, red for passion. Uh, white for newness, because for us it was a, a new part, beginning. a right. new beginning. As You're sort of resetting your marriage. Yeah. And then black for eternal commitment. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, uh, and your cord was made by... It was made by Box of Rain. Box of Rain, yeah, by Magnolia Rain. Magnolia, yeah. and she, yep. she did a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. And yes. she also included a silver moon for me and a gold sun for Carr, yep. and it was it was really beautiful. Yeah, it was, they, and they still are Yeah, we have them in, we yeah, have them in the... Uh, the in, in the apothecary. In the apothecary. 
apothecary. For a long time, I had them wrapped on our altar in our old Mm -hmm. house, but we weren't able to use that same altar. Yeah, we had to switch to a different switch to a different altar space. So now they're in, you know, in safekeeping storage in storage in the apothecary. Our tiger Jim Two Snakes has spent most of the past three decades providing spiritual and emotional support for individuals that are looking for accountability, wisdom, and safe, supportive spaces. While they discover how they walk their own path, Jim is now offering his spiritual dad service in a Patreon structure. This informal program includes regular contact with Jim and specific guidance for what's going on in your life right now, along with a talking stick monthly meeting for some levels and regular phone calls ranging from one to four times a month at other levels. Jim will help you with goal setting, ritual and energetic practice ideas, and teaching, suggestions, support, and accountability in whatever you want to accomplish. And because it's your path, he'll adjust his suggestions to suit what works best for you. It's called Spiritual Dad, but there's no age limit. We all need spiritual and emotional support. Find out more now and visit jimtwosnakes.net or patreon.com forward slash spiritual dad that's right yep all right oh one thing i did want to talk about before we got into um mm-hmm. before we move the on. room is potential favors that you can have uh if you have a reception oh, to exchange? or to exchange um for your guests things that you can give to your guests i always oh. forget that's a thing but we yeah. did go to uh we went to aka neko's mm-hmm. wedding yep. everyone got dice bags that's yes. right. little bags full of of uh, and a and a character sheet right that's right i think so yeah because their yeah. theme was was, uh, was was tabletop gaming tabletop right, gaming yeah. was great but for pagans who want to incorporate their path mm-hmm. or things like that like things that you could give like even if you don't have a reception necessarily if you just have the hand fasting you can have people get these little favors uh, as a thank you for attending your your hand fasting. This is interesting because isn't it also traditional to give a gift to the bride and the groom? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, it is. So it's traditional for people to give a gift to the bride and the groom. Uh-huh. It's also traditional for the bride and the groom to have special presents that are above mm-hmm. and beyond for their groomsmen and their ah. uh, bridesmaids. Yep, that's right. To thank them for helping them. Correct them, yep. Mm-hmm, exactly. But some of the things that I thought were kind of neat for pagans, obviously bird seed packets, which Carr and I had Thrown flung at, at, our, at our first, at our Christian <laughs> at, wedding. At our Christian wedding, yeah, but they, the little punk kids that were there. <laughs> threw it in the threw, face. Threw not the bird seed but the entire bag. Oh, the whole yeah, yeah. right, yeah, at our faces. It was great. Okay. But Pat and Paul provided roses. <laughs> yeah, and rose petals, rose yeah. petals and, and and there was seed, I think, flowers, and it was beautiful. So bird seeds, magical washes in small vials, like Florida, oh, like water, Florida water, yeah, and things like that, or rose water. Small jars of honey or herb infused olive oil. Many uh, deities that are connected to love and fertility, and, and fertility. also have a honey association. Exactly. Yeah. So you could give these as gifts to your to your guests. Yep. And then um, small decorated brooms to hand out. Little besoms for everybody. That's adorable. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? I love that idea. Can you get it with a magnet on the back so they can just take it yeah, on there? Yeah, stick, stick it on there. Stick it on there. Exactly. Love that. Herb bundles. You know, okay, yeah. like even smoking herb bundles yeah, yeah. type of thing. Gregory bags uh, for prosperity or for protection, home protection. Crystal stones or the bride and group could make little charms to bless mm. their guests. 
Now, some of that's going to, what you choose for that is going to depend on how many guests you're going to have, I that's suspect. True. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And, and If you're going to have like a hundred people coming, then, you probably don't want to be hand making stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> but if it's going to be an intimate affair, yeah. when a lot of pagan weddings are held are outside and, right, and yeah. are smaller, you can get a little bit more creative if you want to really focus on uh, sharing your, your path. With right. your guests. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that's going to depend on like how you, open you are, how open you are, and if it's going to freak the fuck out of mm-hmm. your guests. Right. So one of the things that we experienced when we went and did pagan fires, pagan fires. Yeah. So when we went and did pagan fires, we all got a little bag yes. full of like gifts for being there. A little bit. It was and all stuff the, from the vendors. I think. Right. And mm-hmm. one of the things was a little bag of a bunch of stone chips, different stone yes, chips. Yes, that great. was wonderful. Right. And so they're very useful for spells. Right. They are. But because they're small stone chips, I think you could probably easily do something like that for your guests as a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can get chips really, really cheap. Yep. Kristen and Gillis is saying that they did ribbon wands for people to wave the whole time as they exited, uh-huh. and that doubled as their favors. I love that. that That's a great idea. Yeah. That's wonderful. So something to bear in mind when you're doing a pagan hand fasting or a pagan wedding mm-hmm. even is that you may have to explain mm-hmm. parts of it to your guests. Especially yeah. if you have Christian friends relatives. Or, or relatives who are coming. Yeah. Yep. And also, the, that was one thing I was going to say, that when hand fasting first started, you know, with Gardner and then moved on, it, it originally was these small little mm-hmm. private affairs. But now, as time has gone by, 50 years later, more, more and mainstream. more, yeah, it's gotten more mainstream. More and more couples are choosing to kind of take Christian themes and pagan themes and bring them all into a hand fasting, mm-hmm. whatever works best to for them. To just syncretize. To yeah. syncretize, what, you know, depending on who they're marrying or what their path is or what their guests are expecting. Honestly, a lot of cr- just Christians do hand fastings because they like the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's becoming a popular thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it's the, Which is completely fair, and no one should get on them, because in the 17th century when this was happening in Britain, those were Christians those who were, were getting married. Exactly, right. exactly. It was just... It was the common people. Uh-huh. It yeah. was the common people's ritual. And it was Gardner who made it a, a pagan, pagan ritual. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's absolutely true that, that many couples, Christian and otherwise, are bringing hand fasting into their So tradition. if you wanted to, you could do a hand fasting and tell all your Christian family that you are perpetuating an ancient Christian tradition. That's right. But <laughs> and anyway. they would be hard-pressed to argue with you. That's right. So, let's let's move on to Jumping the Broom. Yes. So, Jumping the Broom has a little bit of a troubled history uh, <laughs> because there are some beliefs that surround Jumping the Broom. Some are accurate and some are not. Sort of like with hand fasting. Kind of like with hand fasting. <laughs> a lot of misinformation. So, what the, it is a widespread tradition that is celebrated within the black community in the United States. In the modern day. In the modern day. It kind of reclaims a tradition of how slaves were married in the United States. Now, there's the myth is that the jumping of the broom comes from Ghana and that it was brought over with the slaves when they were, yeah, when they were the, brought to the States. The but evidence actually, doesn't support that. No, the evidence does not. They have not been able to find any evidence of broom jumping in African religions. There's, there is in a... So in Ghana, there's a tradition where they hold a broom over the bride's head, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to represent, like, you're now taking on housekeeping responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But most transatlantic slave trade didn't involve Ghanaian no. people. So it's not clear how that tradition could have come to ante- the antebellum south and yeah. been transformed. And there's a pre-existing 
broom jumping tradition from England. Yeah, well, Wales specifically. Yeah, well, Wales and England. Yeah. yeah. It was a tradition potentially from the Romani because they their weddings were not recognized mm-hmm. by the official magistrates because they were Romani right. and they were and they a, weren't legally recognized they for weren't anything. legally recognized for anything they're saying the oldest records of broom jumping come from the 1700s in Wales and that it was widely practiced and known as a besom wedding they would take it because a besom is a type of broom they would lay the besom in the doorway and invite the bride and the groom to jump over it uh, as they, you know, as they were getting married. And in, so in 1700s England, mm-hmm. this was used as a phrase. Mm-hmm. It's not clear if anyone was actually doing it in England, mm-hmm. but the phrase jumping the broom is found in 1700s English text to essentially mean eloping. Yeah. Or yeah. to having what's what what would have been considered a sham marriage. Now, when it comes to the African Americans who were slaves in the United States, and they believe that that Briti- the British immigrants mm-hmm. and Welsh immigrants brought the concept of broom jumping during a wedding yes. to the United States. But what some sources say is that slave masters, because weddings were not recognized or legal among slaves, they used it as a way to connect some slaves together so that they would have children. Um, some sources say that it was to mock slaves, and others say they just didn't care. They yeah, they wanted them to produce children. There's basically no records about this. So, mm-hmm. like, the the actual reasons that it was mm-hmm. practiced in uh, enslaved communities in the South mm-hmm. is, isn't is known. It's we don't have really records. Clear. So, all of this is hypothetical, yeah. basically. And, um, and some... But, it, but the, the theory is that there was more cross-pollination of ideas between poor Southern yes. white people who were descended from... The British. British and, and Welsh. And Welsh mostly British, who had had broom-jumping ceremonies mm-hmm. and slaves, and that those ideas, like, were transmitted between the communities. Mm-hmm. And because slaves couldn't get legally married, they would have broom-jumping marriages. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, it's it's not clear why that was happening or exactly how that transmission of the concept happened. Mm-hmm. But we do, like, the the current consensus is that the reason it's seen a resurgence in the African-American community mm-hmm. is that it happens in roots. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's, it does happen in roots. And, they, and one of the sources that I found said that after the Civil War, uh, the freed slaves would jump a broom if, they, if a priest or, or a minister wasn't available to yeah. them for some reason. And it really, it really did fall out of fashion until Roots came around. It really did. It did. Roots brought it back into the public consciousness mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a thing that was part of the black community yeah. when they were enslaved in the South. Um, the so Brits, it's, it's now a pretty common tradition in African-American communities. It is. It's, it's, it's very common. Although I read that they're starting to, you know, they're starting to have conversations because of... About its, whether it's appropriate. Whether it's appropriate because of its potential connection to slavery. And something else that I thought was interesting about jumping the broom is that it's not clear it was an actual broom. 
mm-hmm. because there was also a plant called broom. And there was also, you could also jump an object. Yeah. Like so, a stone. And there was, a, I guess, a, a tradition of, uh, in some communities, of, of stretching a string, and they had mm-hmm. to jump over the string. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, jump over an obstacle together. And also, they said in other parts of Europe, you know, witches were feared, and brooms and witches were, you know, pretty connected. You know, witches were flying on their brooms to uh, their meetings with Satan, that kind of thing. Apparently, in some areas, marriages were considered susceptible to curses. In fact, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue was meant to protect brides from potential evil eye curses Mm -hmm. on their wedding day. Supposedly, the idea of jumping the broom, and especially if the groom carried, you know, it also became part of the groom carrying the bride over the threshold. It was to show that love conquered the obstacle, the obstacle of evil eyes and witchcraft. Mm -hmm. But also the broom just has like a standard household connotation. Mm -hmm. So it was also like a we're joining our household kind of a thing. Yep. Exactly. I think all of these little pieces and parts mm-hmm. are all part of what made jumping the broom a thing in uh, in Europe. Well, in uh, in Britain, mostly in, in Britain, Britain and Wales, yeah. but in some parts of, of Europe as well. It's become a thing today because of Alex Haley, who wrote Roots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He had to confuse yeah. it from own. Like. Took me a second, like. And of course, uh, a lot of neo pagans are including jumping the broom yeah. in their in yeah. their hand fasting because celebrations. Because we use brooms and other things. Because yeah, yeah because, as well. Because brooms are uh, a symbol of witchcraft. So I'm, I've noticed. So you all talked about roots, yeah. right? For jumping the broom, mm-hmm. hand fastings have become ever so popular in current cult media culture. Mm-hmm. So the first time that I've could find was in the movie The Doors. Oh, the doors. Uh, it's about Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. About the doors. Yes, yes. Okay. It's about he, the doors. I think he married his girl. Yeah, when he married his girl, it was a hand fast. Yeah, and I think he wrote about he it. He did. In, he wrote yeah. about it in the book that the that the movie's based on. Mm-hmm. Outlander, the television series. That makes sense because mm-hmm. Scotland. Right. Uh, Braveheart. Yeah. Because Scotland. Scotland. Right. <laughs> that was a thing in Scotland. Yep. And of course, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. The so, most recent one. Yeah. So the interesting thing, though, is if you go and watch William and Kate's wedding. mm Hmm. So, uh-huh. William, the Prince of Wales, right. and, and his bride, Kate, Kate they Kate actually somebody. are holding hands, and the priest drapes ah, a cloth the, over yeah. top. I think that is something, maybe, I don't know if that's... Catholic not Anglican. Is, is that not Anglican? Nope. And is they got married Catholic? in, they got married in an Anglican yeah, church. Okay. Cause England, oh, that's a good point. Church of England. Church of England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> yeah. The priest stole is what ah. they, is what they put. And right. I've seen that done in, yeah, but it's the in same weddings. thing. It's the, it's the, yeah, like, it's that's sanctifying yeah. the, symbolize of the two yeah, connecting. connecting. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing. I think in my big fat Greek wedding, I think there's a, a somehow their their hands are are maybe connected by maybe. a ribbon, maybe. and then they're led yeah, they're around, led around. In a procession. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah, something something along those lines. So it's, it's it, it features in a lot of media. It features yeah. and well, and becomes ever more popular with every occasion. Right, but also, exactly. But also, it just features in a lot of traditions. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, it, it features in a lot of the whole idea of tying yeah. two people the, together. Uniting. The con- I mean, that is that is the underlying concept yeah. of a, of a marriage. Exactly, right. you're uniting so two it's people. A, it's just a matter of of everyone, I guess, finding the same symbolism yeah. for it. So anyway, I th- I think hand fastings are are beautiful. I mean, I'm not saying weddings are not beautiful. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Although I, just, I have found, I do think hand fastings tend to be shorter. They do. Yeah, well, yeah. that depends. On, depends. I mean, your father and I managed to keep our 
a traditional church wedding to 30 minutes, <laughs> even and with the message. with the message. In right. That's with the message. So. But that's because we did everything beforehand. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Everything was done beforehand. But no, I really do. It, it was maybe it's because I'm a pagan now, but I really felt like the hand fasting just had a whole different energy to it than the wedding did. Than the wedding did, and and for me, it just felt more like we were being connected together than I felt when we were married I would in a traditional say, well, church wedding. A, we were married very young. That's true. We were, right. Whereas your hand fasting, you've already got decades together. That's right. True. Right. And so I think that's part of it. I also think like part of it because we got married so young, our marriage at the church was part love and part lust. <laughs> right. right. It was time to get married time so we can married. fuck. Right. Yeah, that's pretty um, much it. And we wanted that? to elope because uh, of that. Yeah. I was the one who was like, no, damn it, I'm going to get my, my Christian <laughs> church, church wedding. Christmas wedding. Yeah. So. Had a vision. Uh, how young? <laughs> and I was 20. So. And I was 23. Yeah. We were 20 and 23. Yeah. Yep. Although I turned 21 not long after. The month. Like yeah. weeks. A couple of weeks later. You yeah. Get yeah. 21. Yeah. yeah. So have we covered it all? I think we've covered that. Yeah. I mean, there are individual traditions that you can do, but like things like the bouquet and throwing the bouquet. Oh, sure. And, and very, there's a lot of traditions. There's a lot of symbology that yeah, you but, can make but, yours. But all of that's going to be like really specific to the individual. And mm-hmm. this is, I think my thing is like. We have all these, I guess, social ideas of yeah. what a wedding is supposed to look like. Make and we're yours. starting to get at, like, a social, like, standard for what a hand fasting is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of that's kind of disappointing because then if you have to go to, like, three weddings, then you have to sit through the same thing three times. So make individual weddings that are more fun. Like, Akaneko's wedding with was, the D&D, like, yeah. theme it was, was great. Best wedding I've ever been to. It was a great wedding. It was so beautiful. The the, the service was short. Uh-huh. The, uh, the party was party long. Was long. Yep. <laughs> and it was fun. And it was fun, yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. People got to dress up in, uh-huh. you know, costume if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, people came in cosplay. It was, it was great. It was great. It was a now, wonderful wedding. So I think that that is the message to give to people, whether they're having a traditional wedding, a hand fasting, or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Make it yours. Yeah. Right. Don't fucking listen to your parents. No. Or anybody gonna else. You, they're right. going to want you to go traditional. They're going to want you to Or, you or have even to if do they don't want it to be that. traditional, they'll have strong opinions. Yes, they will have very strong opinions. And they'll be like, we're paying for it, so... Yeah. So, and if you want a really traditional, yeah, I do this, and then we throw the bouquet, and then we do, the, you know, whatever you want, go with what you want. But mm-hmm. if you want to make it really, really special, make it yours. Right. Yeah. Yep. Just make do... it something that you'll enjoy remembering exactly. for the next fifty years. Exactly. That that it's not a cookie cutter of every other wedding or mm-hmm. every other hand fasting that you've ever been to. Right. Make it yours. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's it. <laughs> I think I do think that's it. I think that's all there is to Have say. Have we thunk all of our thoughts? I've uh, thunk all of my thoughts. I think my thunks are thunk. Yeah. All right, cool. So you can find out more about us by Googling us. Mm-hmm. You just put in the number three, and then you type out pagans and a cat, mm-hmm. and it will pop up. Although I bet if you put in the number three and the letters P-A-A-C, you'd still find us. Probably. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably do just three-pack. Yeah. yeah. We're but, on all the social media platforms. You can find us there. Yep. At least one of us is on is on everything. <laughs> But we're also on all the podcast platforms, too. Yes. So yes. If you want to listen to us, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Oh, speaking of the Three Pegs and the Cat YouTube channel, <laughs> it, it, has, it is going under new management. 
now that I'm doing my own ah. YouTube channel, I'm going to start going in and trying to update more frequently. I'm going to try to pay attention to what's going on there, okay. which I have not done in the past <laughs> year. Um, and so it's, it's had um, sadness because it's been neglected. So I'm going to try and pay more attention to the, to YouTube, the YouTube channel, channel for those who, who care about the YouTube channel. Um, you can also visit Gwynion, in, Gwyn Brigade, which is my, I know, it's ridiculous. I tried to get it changed. I can't. But No, I was laughing about Gwynion. Gwynion. <laughs> it's like Gwion, only that. Yeah. Uh, Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Google, you'll find us everywhere. Everywhere. On all the yep. things. Yep. All the things. Patheos. Got a red bubble. Got a red bubble. Oh, you know, I did that T-shirt using that thing, that platform that I can't think of the name right yeah, now. Yeah, to raise money. To raise money, and we raised seventy-eight dollars for Black Lives Matter. Thanks. So Very thank nice. you to people yep. who bought a shirt. Thanks. Yep. So that's it. It. I think that's it. That's it. So I can hit stop. You can. Yeah. Okay. Might as well. Bye. Bye. We love you. Bye.